You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, we're doing a deep dive into the microbiome. Yeah, that's uh, not a very savory place to be, but we're just going to talk about it. Uh, we don't have to jump inside. Uh, our guest, Christine Roche, uh, a master in public health, as well as a certified nutrition specialist. Uh, she has uh, a very, very extensive background uh, as uh, a digestive health expert and in her practice uh, at digestivehealth.center. That's the website. Uh, she treated all kinds of uh, digestive ailments, including uh, IBS, inflammatory bowel disease, uh, SIBO, heartburn, leaky gut, uh, and so on. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was going to ask you another of your uh specialties is as what's called a licensed heart math trainer. And you're looking at something called uh, heart rate variability uh, as a metric of optimal health. Can you tell us how that fits into the paradigm? Yes. Well, one of the things in, in all the research that we have seen, you know, in terms of actually reducing a uh, person's, um, you know, a susceptibility to viruses and helping them fight better is cortisol levels. And so, um, as many of you know, you know, the adrenal glands um, are related to cortisol levels. And cortisol, what, what the studies all show is increased cortisol lowers immunity. And so we have, we're a nation of people with very high cortisol, which leads to pro-inflammation response. Cortisol can Increase the risk of intestinal permeability, inhibits nutrient absorption, digestion. It, it can change the microbiome, from what I understand. Yeah, it can, it actually, can significantly yeah. alter the microbiome. As a matter of fact, we had a couple of patients today where the, we were asking them, you know, what, what did you do? I mean, we were shocked to see the alteration. And they said, well, I had a shock in my family car accident. Car accident changed her microbiome dramatically. Mm -hmm. She had a setback. Completely. And so that's, you know, as you were saying. So basically, the heart math uh, biofeedback system, which we do remotely, a patient gets a monitor where they see their levels of cortisol on a computer screen, on their phone if they choose, and they learn through a series of tools and techniques that are proven by science over 40 years uh, as a way to change the heart rate variability. And so instead of the heart rhythm that is completely incoherent, which raises the cortisol level, they learn how to alter their variability into coherent heart rhythm, 
through biofeedback and training, and then we measure their cortisol levels, which are dramatically lower after 12 to 15 weeks of that kind of training. So we've done a lot of work with HeartMath also to change the vagus nerve response, you know, help the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system be more in balance and especially sympathetic response and so on. So we work very we work with a group of people uh, with this heart math training as a as a way of in, improving optimal microbiome and immune right. response. Be- because you can you can do all the things in the world to uh, improve the uh, microbiome, you do superb diet and take the right probiotics and on and on it goes and uh, eradicate parasites, but if you're under overwhelming stress, uh, you're going to get stuck, right? Mm-hmm. That is what we find. We have uh, many patients that have done quite a few things, uh, you know, and they were still getting ill because they had not changed the core beliefs and issues around their stress levels. Right. So that that's an important thing. Let's come back to the issue yeah. of um, diagnostic testing for the GI tract. I mean, in conventional medicine, uh, what we have basically is the scope. And, you know, sometimes we facetiously refer to that as scoping for dollars, you know, because it's a pretty highly (laughs) reimbursable uh, procedure. It's like, okay, if you have a heartburn, you know, we'll look, uh, you know, down your throat. Uh, If you've got lower pain, we'll look up your butt. Uh, you know, we'll do a colonoscopy or sigmoidoscopy. And we could do other imaging studies. We can, you know, do uh, ultrasounds and CAT scans and MRIs. And we can, you know, sort of you know, see if something really heavy duty is going on. Usually has to be pretty heavy duty for us to pick up things. But um, unfortunately, you know, you do a bunch of tests and uh, the GI doctor goes, gee, I I can't figure out what's going on with you. (laughs) So there are other tests that can be done. Now, you mentioned that last time the uh, GI 360, which is a very comprehensive uh, uh, stool analysis, which probably includes some other things, looking at uh, protein digestion, fat digestion, various things. What else can it pick up? Well, I want to just clarify, you know, the scope and the colonoscopy um, when they assess serious disease, you know, the purpose, as you were saying, is to assess, do you have ulcerative colitis, do you have Crohn's, yeah, that's do you important. have, you know, serious disease, which is important. What this test does, by the way, we found we can show 10 years before cancer will be visible on the scope that they're heading towards cancer. The lysozyme goes up. In other words, a the predisposition. goes up. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and But it will also show the inflammatory markers, which the patients do the test now every year. Mm-hmm. We recommend this test every year, just like you would get a Cologuard hmm. test to see if you have colon cancer. Mm-hmm. We use it every year to look at calprotectin, mm-hmm. lactoferrin. We found people with early, early stage colon cancer had not even formed into a tumor that will mm-hmm. show up on this mm-hmm. test. So why wouldn't you want to know? You know, why guess? Mm-hmm. I guess if you can test and know, oh, my God, it looks like five years down the road, there's a lot of inflammation building up. I'm starting to see some pretty big disruptions in my immune system. I'm going to do something now. And we were able to actually not only detect it at the earliest level, but help people repair what was needed and, 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 you know, make the changes they needed to lower that inflammatory level. So we see short-chain fatty acids in detail. Mm-hmm. We see that whether or not they have enough fiber in the diet, fermentation of fiber, how it's fermented. We look at it very much in detail, the digestive enzymes, mm-hmm. fat digestion, carb. Do they have enough elastase? Is their pancreatic enzyme sufficiency? What's their, you know, CGA, the core of their gut immunity? Beta-glucuronidase, how are they removing their toxins from the gut? This is a mm-hmm. functional 
I think what medicine needs to know, because the two need to work together, functional assessment is what saves money. That's doing this once a year is what's going to save all of the healthcare dollars mm-hmm. down the road is to find out what is the health of all these different levels, digestion, absorption, you mm-hmm. know, elimin- what's going on with, you know, do yeah. I have, how are there certain kinds of yeast overgrowth? What fungus do I have overgrowing? Even though I may feel great. But that's going to contribute to disease down the road. Well, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's really kind of a unique perspective because I tend to think of it as a way of troubleshooting if people have GI symptoms. But actually, you make a good case for this test as, you know, perhaps uh, in the future, uh, it may, you know, be as important as, you know, the SMA24, you know, the standard blood test that, you know, the exactly. CBC and SMAC, yes. that, you know, we perform yes. on patients routinely. Unfortunately, it's always, you know, looks yeah. fine. And then patients say, well, why am I yeah. feeling so crappy? Uh, well, you know, everything's fine. Your numbers look good. Um, you also uh, mentioned, and you actually uh, have been kind enough to offer our listeners uh, a, a special offer on this, uh, just Without doing the GI 360, a very comprehensive test, and you need an hour to interpret that, uh, you're offering a, a half-hour consult on a, what's called the secretory uh, IgA. Uh, could you explain how that test might shed light on digestive yes. health? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I do feel, um, Ron, as you're saying, that in, in the countries, by the way, where the government pays for health care, they're using parts of this test as routine screening. Just mm-hmm. as you said. So this is an important thing as far as cost effectiveness. Uh, the CGA is the measure of the gut immune system. The secretary IGA is in, you know, the muca, mucosal immune screen system in, mm-hmm. in the small intestine that is also responsible for absorption of nutrients. And if it's very elevated, it means that people are usually reacting to foods or parasite or fungus. As we see people with a CGA of 300, you know, mm-hmm. completely off the chart. And we see people with hardly any CK. Yeah. They have no gut immunity. They're, They're very vulnerable. So, yeah, yeah, yeah these exactly. So we so get this sick very easily. A, yeah, it's a one-time stool sample to look at the CK as a screen and then a half-hour consult on what might be going on. And also, I just want to mention, you know, alcohol disrupts microbiome, mm-hmm. feeds the bad bacteria, and also caffeine. So when people say to us, what are the three things that would help me boost immunity during COVID? We say, look at sugar, because... You know, at one candy bar reduced immune response in the studies by 70%. One piece, you know, a half a chocolate bar, you know, candy bar, and the neutrophils became less aggressive in gobbling up bacteria and viruses. So we tell people, let's look at your sugar consumption. Let's look at, you know, caffeine, alcohol, which all contribute to cortisol and affect how the body's going to respond with the CGA. There's a couple more uh, tests in the repertoire of functional medicine. Uh, one is the, the so-called leaky gut test. Can you, can you tell our listeners okay. what that entails? Yes. Yeah, we do that also, and we're happy to offer that. So when people call us, you know, if one of your listeners wants to do that, we can extend the special offer to them. This is, an, this is a urine test where they drink a specific mixture that's completely harmless to them. And then, you know, they collect the urine and over a certain period of time, and it will show the extent at which there is permeability in the membranes of the small intestine. Mm-hmm. And, and how, could you explain just mechanistically how that works? Because leaky gut, I mean, suggests that, uh, you know, you've been hit in the abdomen with a, a buckshot blast uh, or something. Uh, but w- what's actually yeah. happening when people have 
a quote leaky gut? Well, what I what I, I ask people to think of a sieve. You know, a sieve. If you can imagine, it's like a mesh, and your gut is very much like it has. You know, the normal gut does not have any openings there in terms of that are, you know, large enough for viruses, bacteria, and fungus to leak through into the bloodstream. So think of a, a mesh that's very tightly woven. And then what happens is when you have these these particular, like prescription drugs, you know, people take a lot of drugs, can affect the leaking edge. Like ibuprofen, Advil, things like yeah. that. Yeah, and imagine that that mesh that is tightly woven, it's kind of like if you have a hairnet. Think of a hairnet because it's very delicate, very thin, but very, you know, and so if you think of you start to make a hole or you start these, this mesh starts to come apart. And the more it becomes apart, the more bacteria, fungus, viruses start to pass from an area that should not go into the bloodstream into the bloodstream and cause an antigenic immune response, such mm-hmm. as, for example, we see many, many people with autoimmune, you know, mm-hmm. MS, rheumatoid arthritis, right. Hashimoto's thyroiditis. The first thing we do, we do that urine test uh, to check to see per intestinal permeability. The level of permeability is high in all of our autoimmune patients. How to then allow the, the, this mesh that has been opened partially to, to be healed again and to come back together so that there is no uh, way that anything can leak into the mm-hmm. bloodstream, mm-hmm. that the contents would not leak. Right. And uh, it, there's a, there, there may even be a genetic component because it is said that the first-degree relatives of people who have uh, colitis or Crohn's disease, uh, even if they don't have those conditions, they're more likely to have yes. leaky gut. So there's some there's some environmental, yeah. you know, obviously the things you do or some, you know, medicines you yeah. take, your diet and so on. But it's also, yeah. uh, there's a hereditary component. Yeah, and there's also, by the way, what has been found now is the Roundup. I want to mention it. Oh, let's mention that. that. Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roundup destroys, not only does it low, it lowers your vitamin D3 levels, but Roundup is also, besides, you know, lowering your nutrient levels, increases the inflammation in your body because it, it causes the, the, the lining to be more permeable. And mm-hmm. Roundup, or glyphosate, is now found in the air and in the water everywhere. So even if you're, eat, you're eating perfectly, you're drinking good water, you're inhaling or you're consuming Roundup in a, in a restaurant food, for example, and they found that even oatmeal had a hefty dose of Roundup in it. And we've yeah. now gotten to a point where, you know, you know the superbugs and all that that are happening. Well, it turns out that we had a, in our community, we in watermelon, we had the most dangerous salmonella bacteria mm. because of the way we all know on this podcast how agricultural practices the last 100 years have caused severe disruption in our ecology and thus our microbiome. And, and we're creating antibiotic-resistant organisms uh, yeah, that exactly. can't be and treated. Yeah, exactly. And so we had it in watermelons. And, and you know, Kellogg's cereal had, had the worst uh, salmonella species in it. Once you get there, you know it's going downstream. So what I'm saying is when you look at the levels of how we've, you know, uh, the, how the soil has been completely uh, devoid, you know, of nutrients. Also, when you look at the cultures that have the lowest cancer rates, 
their water and their air does not contain hundreds of toxic chemicals. So we have really proliferated the environment. And unfortunately, glyphosate is one of those things that we have to spend a lot of time. We do a urine screen, by the way, of toxins and heavy Mm. metals. And our clinic works with people on how to detoxify. You know, that's a whole separate topic. But just to say that what has been really so serious for us is when we see how the Roundup has affected every aspect of people's health. I mean, it has just been Mm -hmm. very, very serious. So, you know, by all means, I mean, one way to do it is to eat only organic. I mean, that's the key. But even in organic food, every food has a... Yeah, there, there are, and it changes the composition of the gut bacteria into bad bacteria, impairs neurotransmitter. You know, we have an epidemic of depression, anxiety, teen suicide. What we don't talk about is that we, that Roundup residual glyphosates compromise the ability to detoxify and impair the brain chemistry, besides breeding all the bad bacteria in the gut. So it's almost like a perfect storm. So we tell people, we test the, the glyphosate's in their body, and we help them detox. We do detoxes twice a year with our patients. Let's move to an even more controversial area, as if glyphosate wasn't uh, highly like a, a real third rail uh, of controversy, is EMFs. And uh, yes. you, you've actually done some research that suggests that yeah. EMFs may influence the microbiome. And, you know, why not? Yes. You know, because they're mm-hmm. uh, very, very powerful uh uh, electromagnetic fields and uh, the living organisms within us uh, may be influenced by them. I mean, it, yes. it, it's oh, one yeah, of those... Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I was one of the first people to write a paper and teach in my community to hundreds of people the effects on what to do to lower their EMF exposure because the research shows that the dysbiotic flora starts to proliferate when people are exposed to the 5G and the higher levels of electromagnetic frequency. So in other words, if your hand is what we recommend is using a stylus. Don't touch the phone. Don't touch the tablet. You can buy a stylus at, you know, everywhere. But what we found is when people have their hand on a screen all day long, especially with COVID, during COVID, they've also done studies that the, you know, in China, Wuhan was the first one to roll out the 5G, which causes more thickness of the blood. You're less able to defend yourself of the viruses. It increases the fibrinogen, causes pro-inflammatory cytokines to increase, even without, before people get COVID, they're already much more vulnerable because of the state of their blood raises the inflammation and the bad bugs start to grow. So in other words, just as with COVID, the bad bacteria in the gut start to proliferate with more of that kind of exposure. And actually teach, if people are interested, they can still fill out the introductory form at www.digestivehealth.center and get our paper on how to reduce EMF exposure and get some counseling on how to do that in their home. Because when you talk about a healthy microbiome that is able to survive COVID and prevent long COVID, you have to address that, Ron. I'm so glad you asked that question. Indeed. And, and Christine, there's yet another way to assess uh, what's happening in the gut, and that is through the SIBO test. And can you explain what, what yes. SIBO is and, and how that can be assessed with a simple test? Yeah, well, I, we do the SIBO breath test that people can do in their home mm-hmm. because they prefer to do that. 
and that measures, you know, the level of methane and hydrogen, and it measures many of the gases in the small intestine, which is where small intestinal bacterial overgrowth originates. So we get, they do an in-home breath test, and we get a full report on the levels of hydrogen, methane, and what the ratios are of all the different gases. And then we, we inter, do interventions, the best programs for them that can take a while to shift that bacterial imbalance in the small intestine, whereas the GI360 addresses primarily the large intestine. We're looking at SIBO as being present in the small intestine, you know, the different bacteria there and which diet and programs of removing toxins, you know, re-inoculating with various diet programs uh, would help with that particular uh, SIBO profile or methane overgrowth profile. Mm-hmm. And, the, and there's different types of SIBO, and the different types of SIBO will relate to different symptom patterns. You know, yes, some people have exactly. IBS. It's very much characterized by yeah. urgency, diarrhea. They, you know, have to look for the bathroom all the time. Other people, you know, most commonly uh, Americans are prone to constipation, and that may be a different form of uh, SIBO. Uh, exactly. So that, that test can, can pinpoint it. We use it also at our Yeah, center. and again, if the listeners are interested, you know, you can um, – I also want to give out my phone number Please. because some people are not computer people. So if you are not able to or cannot go to digestivehealth.center as my website, please call us at 650-856-3151. And we welcome your call. You can set up a 15-minute introductory meeting. And you can also fill out that form online if you want to hear more about SIBO testing or leaky gut testing. Again, that's 650-856-3151. Okay. Well, you know, you've given us a very, very uh, comprehensive grounding uh, into a subject that is, uh, you know, really, really emerging as very, very central to health and has a strong relationship to COVID outcomes, uh, whether you're going to be susceptible to hospitalization or even death, uh, or ultimately whether you'll survive COVID only to go on to become a long hauler. And the microbiome and the GI tract are, are very, very central to that. You've, you've, you know, your work has really pointed that out. Uh, I might mention that uh, on your uh, website at digestivehealth.center, there's uh, a list of very helpful papers. And you can look at uh, one paper I have in front of me that I got from your site is Probiotics, Prebiotics, and COVID-19 Infection, a review article. And it's from uh, the Department of Botany and Microbiology uh, at uh, the King Saud University in Riyadh. Interesting yes, paper. Yes, and we, we uh, you know, we, we uh, try to be updated as quickly as we can. I think that, as you had already indicated, Ron, I just want to tell the listeners that, let's say, you, you know, through you've had COVID, you don't have any of the you know, beneficial, like you, you don't have any F. Prausnitzi. And so and the great news is that we can inoculate with Bifidobacteria longum 536 and also with Bacillus coagulans, which increases F. Prausnitzi. So like you said, it's not in a bottle exactly, but by doing that gut testing, we mm-hmm. can actually give the Bifidus coagulans or the, you know, Bacillus coagulans and we give the uh, Bifidobacteria longum, which increases the growth of F. Prausnitzi over time. And that's really a lot of patient symptoms. It's, and so we try to post all the latest studies on this, you know, on the website. Good stuff. Thank you very yeah. much, uh, Christine Roche. It's been a pleasure talking to you. All the best. Great. 
year round. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.